0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our weekly current event and Bible study for August 26, 2007. And in this particular teaching today, we're going to talk about this, if we could title it, it would be titled, The Feds Train Clergy to, quote, Quell Dissent During Martial Law, and that the faith-based 501c3 churches are now part of Homeland Security. We're going to be covering this in many different facets today. We're going to be looking at different takes on this. Some of you may have seen this article that have has come out recently um, from the Shreveport, uh, Louisiana News, KSLA, where it talked about Homeland Security enlist clergy to quell public unrest if martial law is ever, de- ever declared. You can go up there, uh, click on the uh, video. I can send you this information. I'm going to try to archive this in a PDF format uh, so that you can just go into the PDF and click on it. But I received a email from Dr. Dixon in regard to this when it first came out, and he's the man that basically um, is one of the. Uh, he had Indianapolis Baptist Temple, and essentially, you know, the, the federal authorities came in there, seized his church with SWAT teams, tore the building down, evicted him. Uh, you know, tried everything they could to destroy him, and um, I got this note from him. In regard to this information that we're going to be getting into today, I think it's appropriate to read it at the beginning, and then we'll get into the teaching. This is from Dr. Dixon, he says, Dear friend in Christ, some 15 years ago or more, I stood in the pulpit of an Indianapolis Baptist college in the city of Indianapolis, which later became Heritage Baptist University, in a summer tent camp meeting and warned the pastors that this event that World Daily Net announces today would take place in the future. Now this is what I just talked about here with the uh, this this news article from um, Shreveport, Louisiana. World Daily Net has a separate article on this. goes on to say, Most of those present at this meeting that he spoke at stared at me with glassy eyes. One of the most prominent pastors in the area followed me to the pulpit, and in his introductory remarks rebuked me publicly, for preaching that type of sermon, because it had nothing to do with our responsibility as preachers of as preachers of getting the gospel of Christ out. I, I, now I, I'm just going to stop here for a second. I see this a lot uh, when I first started putting out this type of information. I had some people emailing me, "Preach the cross. That's all we need to worry about. That's it." But hold on, aren't we supposed to expose darkness? Doesn't light always expose dark? Aren't we supposed to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them? For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly? Isn't that what we're supposed to do as well? Aren't we supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them? To flee all appearance of evil? Well, how do we flee all appearance of evil if we don't even know it's evil? Our, doesn't the Bible say in Hosea 4.6 that we're destroyed for lack of knowledge? And because you've rejected knowledge, you will also reject you and your children? Knowledge is pretty important stuff. Understanding is very important. Wisdom is, understand, is is important. Now, the most important thing is the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will make no debate about any of that. None. But beyond salvation, there's other things we need to know as well. And, yes, most of this... As far as the truth goes, comes from and emanates through the Lord Jesus Christ, through His Word, through the King James Bible. I have, I will, you'll get no argument for me about that. But there's other things we need to know as well in regard to the way that we're being deceived in this present day and time. But I, I've I've gotten that same thing before too, so I just wanted to interject that. He goes on to say, this is Doctor Dixon. He said, this this dear brother that rebuked me is now with the Lord. I am still here to see the prophecy. That I warned of. Which was not in reality a prophecy, but based on sound facts. Really, that's all this is. I mean, we're just looking at facts here. These sound facts fulfilled before the entire world. However, the preachers for the most part are still glassy-eyed. And I'm still being attacked for trying to warn them. Amazing, but true. Dr. Greg Dixon. Now, one of the main reasons that they're glassy-eyed about it is because they're part of the problem. 501c3 corporate church entity that that got its right of creation by the government through the Internal Revenue Service who has reign and control over them, whereas the pastor is the CEO and the board of directors are the deacons, and if, if you don't have it designated that way, the IRS will do it for you. This is, this is the problem. It's like they're in bed with the enemy. And we're going to see why I'm saying this. Because I'm not just... Spouting these things off. Where is the corporate church moving? We're going to look at that today. This is from uh, Cutting Edge, and this article starts out. During the coming dissolution of our constitutional government, will your pastor cooperate with the federal government as liberal Protestant pastors meekly did under the terror of Adolf Hitler? Did you realize that? We're going to talk a little bit more about that. There were liberal Protestant pastors that did the same thing when Adolf Hitler came to power that we're going to be seeing on a mass scale in America, most likely very shortly. The stage has been set. Now before you scoff, let us review our current news story. This is a news brief, Homeland, then this is what this news brief was entitled, from the secular media. It was entitled Homeland Security enlists clergy to quell public unrest if martial law is ever declared. This is from KS L.A.T.V., Shreveport, Louisiana, August 23, 2007. You can go up there, click on this. Now also, just so you know, Cutting Edge does sell a book called Theologians Under Hitler, where it documents this whole same scenario that took place in Hitler's day, where Hitler used the clergy, just like they're going to be using the clergy now in America. And they already are, really. This, uh, this news brief from this uh, Shreveport station says, Could martial law ever become reality in America? Some fear any nuclear, biological, or chemical attack on the United States soil might trigger just that. KSLA News 12 has discovered that the clergy would help the government with potentially their biggest problem, us. I mean, they're even saying this now. We're going to be the biggest problem. The federal government rightly knows that many, many gun owners are genuine Christians. Now, this is going back to cutting edge. So the federal government knows that many many gun owners are genuine Christians. <clears throat> and we have this we have this right under our second amendment rights, which is the right to bear arms. First amendment right to right to free speech. Okay, and they're trying to take away both of those things as we're going to see. So therefore, in the early stages of a managed crisis, which will give federal officials the opportunity to dissolve our constitutional government and take away our freedoms, They know that they will have to deal with gun owners who are Bible-believing Christians. How can the government possibly convince these Christian gun owners to surrender their guns peaceably? Remember, the first acts a dictatorial government always takes is to declare martial law and then confiscate the guns from the public so you can't defend yourself. Therefore, this discussion is not an academic one, is it? Gun confiscation is exactly what happened during the state of emergency following Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans along with forced relocation. Did you know that? Did you know they put a lot of these people from Katrina and basically um, forced relocated them into these almost pseudo-concentration camps? United States troops also arrived, something far easier to do now thanks to the year's elimination of the 1878 Posse Comitatus Act, which had forbid regular U.S. Army troops from policing on American soil. But see, that's all been done away with. They can use their own troops against us now. The government plans to create the conditions ripe for the imposition of a dictatorship. What is their plan? Well, let's look at this. Number one, huge disaster. Now remember, the Illuminati's, um, I believe it's like their 33rd degree Masonic or 32nd degree Masonic motto is Ordo Ab Cal, in Latin translated meaning order out of chaos. They created an event like 9/11 or the Gulf of Tonkin. And if you if you doubt any of this, please watch Alex Jones' Tear Storm DVD. You can go up on the internet um, to Google Video or YouTube and watch it for free. It's called Tear Storm. Just put it in quotes, Alex Jones. And essentially, that's going to tell you and show you all the staged events that uh, recently our government has done in order to create these huge crises. And they're behind them. But see, that's what Satan does. If he wants to be truly and firmly in control of something, he has to create it. And then what he does is he gives his controlled plan solution that is implemented through, typically, the government. So, this huge disaster, in this case, the Illuminati plans another disaster on the scale of 9-11 or possibly even greater. Such a disaster would provide the pretext to implement their plan created over 100 years ago. We speak more of this fact below... We're going to talk about this as we discuss the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. Now, d- despite how you might feel about the pro- Protocol Learned Elders of Zion, the tenets in there are absolutely totally accurate to describe what is exactly going on in the day and time we live in. Because there's some conjecture about the validity or the authenticity of the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. Really, to me, all I have to do is read it to know that it's being accurately implemented in the day and time we live in. The second thing that would, would need to be created for the imposition of a dictatorship would be to force relocation from their homes. In New Orleans residents were forced to relocate out of their neighborhoods in many instances to other states. Uh, dis, dislocation is key to disruption of normal life for tens of millions of civilians. Think how normal your life would be if somebody came and basically snatched you out of your house and relocated you up to a different state. I mean nothing in your life would be remotely essentially the same. How would you how would you live how would you survive? What would you do? I mean unless they were totally unless Big Brother was totally taking care of you. Quite frankly, I don't want any of that. Number 3, the third thing that needs to happen. American troops could patrol the city because President Clinton and Bush have consistently eroded the prohibitions of Posse Comitatus Act. It generally which, what it does, what Posse Comitatus Act does, is it generally prohibits federal military personnel and units of the United States National Guard, under or really the, the uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, whatever, under federal authority from acting in a law enforcement capacity within the United States, except where expressly authorized by the Constitution or Congress. The Posse Comitatus Act and the Insurrection Act substantially limit the powers of the federal government to use the military for law enforcement in New Orleans and after Hurricane Katrina army troops did engage in law enforcement duties as the video below demonstrates so what we're having here is a federal federalized police force and a lot of these these um, police are going to be foreign troops because foreign troops won't have any problem shooting an American because they don't like us anyway and these foreign troops are already on our soil. They've got a whole German air base in Arizona. There's, there's foreign troops of different nationalities all over this country waiting for this very scenario. Now again, as a Christian, let's just get back to basics here real quick. As a Christian, I'm not, I'm not up here to say this, um, to try to just put fear into everybody. I mean, you fear God, I don't want you to have fear of man. See, this is the thing that Alex Jones and a lot of these other people don't do. All they're going to point you to is the problem. And then they're going to point you to maybe some man that's going to fix everything, maybe. Or they're going to say, we need need to take up arms against the government or do something like this. And we as Christians have the true power. The Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. If you're a born-again, Bible-believing, saved Christian, then the power, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And the Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly capable of protecting you if that be His will in that particular situation. Just remember, there's a lot of people that went before us and died. The martyrs, the apostles, Jesus Christ Himself. Are we better than they? But it doesn't matter because the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit can give you the strength to get through whatever you may face. Does it mean that I don't think we should pray for protection? No. I think these things are things we should pray about. The Bible says, The prudent man foreseeth the evil, and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. Okay, so that's something to think about. We are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Okay. Uh, these are things that, you know, as far as protecting our family, and, and making provisions, and, and again, this shouldn't be motivated out of a fear factor of man, or some world event. But if the Lord leads you to prepare for these things, I think that you should do that. Um, there's a lot of people that are absolutely making nothing. They're doing they're doing nothing. But most of those people aren't even aware of the problem either. They're, they're not even aware of anything. So what they end up doing, what they're doing is is essentially thinking that the government is going to bail them out, save them from whatever comes. They're totally apathetic to the situation. And they don't care. And they're going to be one of the first ones that probably line up to take the mark of the beast as well. Okay? So, it's just something that um, we need to pray about. And we need to put on the full armor of God every day. And we need to realize that we battle not against flesh and blood. Because what I'm talking about today is more of a flesh and blood on the surface issue. But we don't battle against flesh and blood. But against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places. These types of things. We battle against spiritual entities. So how do we fight the spiritual entities? Well, how did Jesus Christ do it? He quoted scripture back to Satan, didn't he? Memorize the King James Bible. Pray. Stay right with God. Live a holy life because when um, when you live a holy life before the Lord, um, a good template is you know is the Ten Commandments and things of this nature. Live holy before the Lord. Live right before the Lord. Obey His commandments, it's particularly you know um, in the New Testament and these types of things. We will be made sanctified, and that word sanctified means to be made holy and set apart. You could be a born-again, spirit-filled, saved Christian and still be, you know, not living very much of a holy life. Okay, I think that if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, though, you'll have this conscience about you, and you're going to want to get right eventually. It better happen, because if it doesn't, there's no conviction of sin, you need to question if you're even saved. Because the Bible says whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. A bastard is an illegitimate son. So if you're sinning and sinning and sinning, and you call yourself a born-again Christian, and there's no conviction of that sin, you're probably not a born-again Christian. Okay, so these are just other things to bear in mind and think about. The Bible also says, Sanctify me through thy truth. Then what does it say? Thy word is truth. So, how do we get sanctified and set apart? Well... The Word of God. The washing of the water of the Word. Okay? Because that washes us. Okay? That cleans us. We're living in this sinful, wicked world. It's almost impossible, not on a daily basis, to not be affected by the sin that we're constantly around. So, the Bible, the Word of God, by reading it, by maybe uh, speaking it, listening to it, uh, taking it into our being will help to sanctify us and set us apart and make us holy in this present wicked world. The Bible also says, Wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you and you will be as my children. So, uh, that was Second Corinthians six seventeen, I believe. So, these are things that we need to come out from among this whorish system. However we're participating in it, you know, listen to some of my teachings and hopefully I'll point some of this out to you. And if you have any questions, you can email me at drjohnson Dr. Johnson, at the letter I, the letter x, dot netcom, N-E-T-C-O-M com. N-E-T-C-O-M.com. And I am also in the process of, of converting all of the sermons to a higher quality um, uh, bit rate, what they call, and um, on sermons audio, which is really going to help the, uh, the quality of the sermons. In fact, it's like night and day already since I've... Since I've done this. So thank God that they offer that service now. Uh, So these are things that that we need to think about. These are things that we need to be preparing for spiritually. And I I believe as the Lord leads also physically. uh, Inasmuch as you can afford. if 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 you can't afford to do anything. You can't afford to do anything. God knows your position. Okay. He can take care of you um, like he did with Ezekiel or whatever. He can have a bird come and, 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 and bring you food in the desert if he has to. God is capable of doing all that. Um, so everybody, it's not cookie cutter. Everybody is in a different position in the body of Christ. We all have different functions, we all have different callings and things of this nature. What he calls one to do, he might not call so much another to do. Um, we... We just need to bear that in mind, and in in that sense, I think that a lot of times people won't get as frustrated because we have a tendency as Christians to think and look at some person and say, "Well, I'm not doing what he's doing, and so I'm not as good." I'm, but God may have not even ever called you to do this. Okay, what I'm doing right now is kind of a unique niche calling, Um, but there's not a lot of people that are that are called to my exact same thing. I would I would refer to myself as a teacher and a watchman. I'm not a pastor. Okay, I'm not called to be a pastor. I do have, we do have a small home church here. Okay, but I'm more of a teacher and a watchman, and everybody's different. So don't get down on yourself about those types of things. Um, the, the Lord has a unique niche for every one of us. Just pray about it, and I believe the Lord will show you what He would have you do. So getting back to this article, uh, now let us return to the feature story, so we can see the role of government, the role government envisions for the clergyman. Who do not know their Bibles. You will literally see that deceived and or wolves in sheep's clothing clergymen are going to fulfill the role of the Judas goat. The animal which the sheep herders used to be the first up the ramp to the slaughter truck. Know that once the sheep see the goat going up the ramp they will quietly and meekly follow. Going to their slaughter without resistance. Wow. That's really interesting, that statement there. These clergymen, well, think about it. You go to church, who are you you going there to follow? I mean, you're there thinking that your pastor is the spiritual head of this church. Granted, you should be following Jesus Christ. And this is the problem, is that people go to church, and they just basically many times throughout the Bible, they're not even reading the right Bible anyway. They're in a corporate church. That church has been leavened through not only not reading the right Bible, not only having that, that 501c3 corporate status, being an instrument, of basically, of the state, but they've got their Christian rock programs, they've got, you know, in the Pentecostals, everybody's speaking in tongues at the same time, they've got their false prophecies going on. I just wonder why, you know, in the Pentecostal circles, if, if they were getting all these prophecies and words of knowledge, why wouldn't the Holy Spirit be hammering them about the sin in their lives? I don't really usually ever hear that. Usually what I hear are the nice fluffy things like, oh, you're going to be a ma- mighty man of God, and, and the Lord's getting ready to do a mighty thing with this church, and all these other things. Why would God do that? He's not. Because they're not hearing from God. I can't tell you how many false prophecies I got when I was came out of the Pentecostal church. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18 that the test of a prophet is they need to get it right 100% of the time, all the time. And if they're not, they're not hearing from God. That's what, you know, You know the, the Psychic Friends Network does, doesn't does uh, do any less than that. I mean, they get it right 50, maybe 40, 60% of the time. Of course, they had to go under Dion Warwick and her Psychic Friends Network uh, because they were getting it wrong so man- much of the time that they got sued. And that's what happens to most of these Psychic Friends Network type deals. Well, the church is really, uh, you know, anymore, n- not a whole lot different, especially in the Pentecostal circles. Okay, so getting back to this, this Judas goat is the animal that the sheep herders use to be the first up the ramp to the slaughter truck. Knowing that once the sheep see the goat going up the ramp, they will quietly and meekly follow, going to their slaughter without resistance. Bear that little thing in mind as we get into this further. Okay? Quote, if martial law were enacted here at home, like depicted in the movie The Siege, Easing public fears and quelling dissent would be critical. And that's exactly what the clergy, quote, clergy response team helped accomplish in the wake of Katrina. Dr. Durrell Tuberville serves as the chaplain for the Shreveport Fire Department in the Caddo Sheriff's Office. Tuberville said that of the clergy team's mission, quote, the primary thing that we say to anybody is, let's cooperate and get this thing over with. And we'll settle the difference once the crisis is over. So in other words, do whatever it takes. Placate, cow down, do whatever they tell you to do. And it'll all be fine on the other side. We're going to look at that further too. Now the last concept is most interesting, don't you think, that we just talked about. Liberal clergy will be assuring their flock that they will soon get their freedoms and their constitution back, quote, once the crisis is over. Isn't it interesting that the Illuminati... Thought of this very concept as they planned over 100 years ago to take our freedoms from us. Listen to their exact wording. Now, this is from the, the uh, protocols of the learned elders of Zion. Point number four is that the Illuminati says that quote We are wolves. The people are the flock of sheep, and we are their wolves. And you know what happens when the wolves get a hold of the flock? Well, didn't Jesus Christ said, "Take heed, therefore." Let's grievous wolves enter in and spoil the flock? And the, and what was the reason that that happened? Because the hireling, which has no true love for the sheep, who's not a true shepherd, has no true love... Well, what does hireling imply? It implies that he's being hired, and he's doing it for the money. Okay? Isn't that how the whole 501c3 church setup is, is structured? I mean, you go in there, well, I go to this church, and, and I can write it off on my taxes. We're tax exempt. And not only that, these same churches get subsidies from the government. Show me that in the Bible. Show me in the Bible where it says, well, you need to go to a 501c3 church so you can report your income to the IRS so you can write it off on your taxes. When the Bible says not even know your, to not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing when you give. You're not supposed to go out and blow a trumpet. Jesus Christ said when you do that, verily you have your reward. You're, you're seen of all men. You have no reward in heaven. You canceled it all out. As soon as you did that, God knows your heart. Some people may be doing this and sincerely doing it, and maybe it's not because they even want to blow a trumpet. Maybe it's not even because they want to write it off on their taxes. Maybe they are really giving... Still, doesn't, still you're, 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 you're in a bad system there. So you have to be very careful because you're, you're going to be accountable for where you're putting your money. Okay? In regard to these things. So, the hireling has no true love for the sheep, and he's not going to warn the sheep. That's why nobody's talking about this in the pulpits across America. Probably in a lot of other places, too. Because they've got too much to lose. Their position of prestige. Their position of honor. All the money that they may be making. They're loved of all men. They're not offending anybody, but the Gospel's totally offensive. The Word of God is totally offensive. It was so offensive that they had to put Jesus Christ on the cross and crucify Him. That they had to kill all the apostles and all the martyrs. Because it's offensive. The things of this world are offend or the, the things of the Bible and the Word of God are offensive to them, they're perishing. They don't like it. These people are guided by demons and devils and evil entities. And when those evil entities that emanate and operate through these people, when you confront them with these types of issues, those entities get those same people that they're emanating and operating through mad. It's a spiritual battle. They don't want to hear it. Their eyes have been blinded that they do not see. So what you have here in the typical church is a pastor who's blind, and if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into a ditch, is what the Bible says. These pastors aren't even aware, or, 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 or they're, they're willingly ignorant, should I say, of these very issues that we talk about this day. So the blind leading the blind, the blind hireling leading the blind of the flock, into the ditch. It's why the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord... Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. In Jeremiah, cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Make sure that if you're trusting in a pastor, that he is going by the book. And if he's in a corporate situation, and if he's reading the wrong Bible, I don't need to know a whole lot more than that to know that he's out of the will of God. Well, he's so sincere, and he's so nice. Who cares? Who cares? That doesn't matter. Sincereness and niceness. I mean, have you ever heard that expression, the road to hell is paved with good intentions? The Bible says in Proverbs 16.25 and Proverbs 14.12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, these pastors, they, they may feel sincerely in their heart, well, it seems right, it's how I was taught in the cemetery that I went to. I mean, seminary that brainwashed me. I trust them. See, they trusted men too. They're blind too. So they were trusted by, by, by blind whatever theologians leading them into a ditch. Now, I'm not making this as a blanket statement, everybody that ever went to... Sem- I'm not saying that, okay? But I'm saying for the most part. The most part in the corporate church that we're dealing with. This is This is the dynamic. That you're dealing with. This is one of the reasons why the world is in the way it is. Why we're in the shape that we're in. Because the church has lost its backbone. They need to get a backbone transplant. The church does. It has no backbone. Okay? They're reading the wrong Bible. They're part of the problem. They're part of the 501c3 corporate position. They got Christian rock in their churches. They're letting all manner of sin go on. They're, they're, they're backbiting, uh, envying, maligning, slandering... They're straining at gnats and swallowing camels. There's so much sin in the camp, where do you even begin? But yet, there's no preaching on sin in these very same churches. That's why there's so much sin in the camp, because it's not even being pointed out. And if it was pointed out, they'd have a mass exodus out of the church, because people can't preach and hear sound doctrine and hard preaching. That's the problem. And it's pervasive through virtually just about every church there is in America. People, people email me all the time, where do I go, what do I do? Well, I got this, I was up on the site last night, and it said it, it. basically said, start your own church. I hadn't thought about that. Why not Why not do what I'm doing? You don't have to archive all your sermons up in Sermons Audio Dot. Uh, but start your own home church. It's getting to a point where that's all you're going to have left anyway. That's what the apostles did. It's all they had, home church. Are we better than they? They weren't registered with the government. They didn't have their Christian rock programs. You know, they didn't they didn't have all these worldly things that, that that went on in the church. It wasn't any of that. We've just degraded and degraded and degraded. Well, the Bible says in Second Timothy three thirteen that evil men and seducers shall wax, that words mean grow, but wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, that's what it says. The Bible says in First Timothy four one, now the Spirit speaketh, speaketh expressly that in the latter times, isn't that where we're at? Then in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Okay, so what's the first thing that makes you depart from the faith when you give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils? See, a lot of people look at this thing about the 501c3 church and the King James issue and the Christian rock issue and all the worldliness that's come into the church. They look at that as just a superficial thing that's just happened. Don't you understand there's spiritual entities that emanate and operate through every one of these abominations that I just mentioned? And that that's why the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, princes, rulers, and wickedness? This is why the Bible says that. Why we're supposed to put on the full armor of God, live holy and pure before the Lord, not to be deceived, because that was one of the main admonitions Jesus Christ said over and over and over again regarding the end times, be not deceived. So First Timothy four one. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and then what else? Doctrines of devils. Then what happens after that? Speaking lies and hypocrisy, Which is so much of what you're going to get in the modern day church. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. What does that imply? That means that they're hypocrites. They're speaking lies and at the same time they're hypocrites. That's when Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged. Because if you have a a speck in your own, or a beam in your own eye. And you're judging the speck in your brother's eye. That's what makes you a hypocrite. But we are supposed to judge these matters that we're talking about today. Because the Bible says in the New Testament. He who is spiritual judgeth all things. Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. But in order to do that, you have to have the beam removed out of your own eye first. Okay? And it doesn't mean about going around and pointing the finger at everybody else and saying, I'm better and I'm better and I'm better. Because I'm not saying that here today. If I got what I deserved, I'd get hell. I deserve hell. Scott Johnson. Totally. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ that he saved me. And in the, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, I am saved. Praise the Lord. Okay? But I know from the pit from whence I was dug, and I know, oh, what a wretch of a man that I am, who would deliver me from the body of this death. I totally have In fact, I can relate to those verses better than anything in the Bible. So I'm not up here today saying this because I think I'm so much better than any other 501c3 church or whatever, anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. Okay, I want these people to be liberated from the bondage that they're in. I know I was in that bondage, and doesn't the Bible say, do unto others as you have done unto yourself? Well, that's... Big reason, I do what I do. Because, trust me, this type of preaching could get a bullet in my head real easy. But you know what, if that were to happen, that wouldn't be a really bad way to go. Because you'd be right in the presence of the Lord. Absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, right? It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Hey, wouldn't it be a bad way to go? I'm not saying that's what I want, but I'm just saying that, that... This is something that we're going to need to come to grips with. And if you don't want to come to grips with it now, you're going to be forced to come to grips with it in the very near future. Guaranteed. Because you're going to have to make a choice. God is not going to have you be lukewarm on these issues forever. He detests lukewarmness. Go to Revelation chapter 3 and read about the lukewarm Laodicean church that was blind, weak, wretched, naked, yet they thought they were in need of nothing. That's the church today. They think they're in need of nothing, but they're rich. They're not rich spiritually. That's why the Bible says there that I counsel thee to, to um, buy of me eyesad um, that thou mayest see. These types of things, and white raiment, which is basically holy living. Which we don't see a whole lot of that in the churches. You go to the churches nowadays. We were just talking about this before the service started today. And and it's isn't isn't it sad that in the modern day churches that you go to, it's one of those places where you'd almost have to pray if you ever did go into them. Lord, lead me not into temptation, because you got women there. You know, basically wearing miniskirts. Uh, you've got all this unbiblical stuff going on. You got women preachers. The Bible says that, that a pastor is to be the husband of one wife. The King James Bible says. It also says the deacons to be husband of one wife. You've, it also says that that man is to rule over his house, in, you know, in decency and in order. So much of that doesn't even go on in the modern day church. Now that's a whole other lesson. But there's so many unbiblical things that are going on in the church today that, that starts in the pulpit, That that, again, with all the other issues that we mentioned. So again, that was a little rabbit trail we went down there, but... This fourth fourth tenet of the Protocols of the Learned Elder of Zion from the Illuminati is that we are wolves. They're admitting they're the wolves. They're wolves in sheep's clothing, though. They want to appear as an angel of light. Like the like, like Bible says, that it's no marvel if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light. That his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. Did you hear what it says? That Satan's ministers... Can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. Now, I'm not saying every pastor in in America or wherever that you have your corporate church, you know, non King James reading, worldly church. I'm not saying that they're all ministers of Satan, okay? But I guarantee you, a whole bunch of them are. Bible says it's no marvel if these ministers can be transformed to look like ministers of righteousness, but they're not. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They have no true love for the flock because they're hirelings. Be careful. Really be careful. Point five of the learn, of this protocols. There is another reason also why they will close their eyes, for we shall keep promising them to give back all their liberties we have taken away as soon as we have quelled the enemies of peace and tamed all the parties. Isn't that what Bush has done with all these legislations that he's enacted, the Patriot Act and all these other things? Oh, it's just a temporary measure until we get this terrorism thing under control. A terrorism situation that they have essentially funded. And created so much of it. Oh no, that's all the that's all the Islamic people. Don't kid yourself to think there's not a lot of money behind from our own government behind all that. And again, please watch the show Terror Storm by Alex Jones if you doubt that, because it's documented. It's not a point of opinion. It's documented. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that they're behind every teensy bit of it, but they're behind a good part of it. Essentially what they're doing with Islam is using Islam. In a useful idiot role. Okay, they're using them to do their bidding. They're using them to create order out of chaos. They're using them as the pretext to take away all of our rights. If the government is saying it, then you need to question it. Period. Period. Because most of what we get on the mass media is brainwashing. Total unequivocal brainwashing with subliminal messages inserted in there as well. That's a whole other subject. And I mean that. They've been doing it in the movie industry for years, putting subliminal, what they call, embeds into the thing. These are things that flash up in a microsecond and you don't even see them, but your subconscious mind picks up on them. You've got a lot of this going on. It's in everywhere. It's in print, it's in media, it's in magazines, it's on the news waves. Every one of these people that are in the national mass media, they're of all sold out. Every one of them. And some of them appears, though, they won't... Well, wait, I haven't sold out. I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the cause of righteousness and all this other stuff. But I find it very hard to believe that in today's day and age you could get to a high level in politics or, or in the news or whatever and not be controlled by them. Because if you weren't controlled by them, they would yank you off, off their media. Who, who owns so much of the media right now? Rupert Murdoch, who's referred to as the great Satan, who's one of the most evil men on the planet. Ted Turner, you know, who wants to reduce world population by 250,000 to 250 to 350 thousand, which would be over a 95 percent reduction. These are the types of people that control the media. The most evil of the evil of the evil. Hollywood, where we get the word Hollywood derived from the, from from uh, a witch's wand, because. A witch's wand, and in its, in its perfect, the, the perfect way it can be made is to use the wood of the holly tree. Hollywood was named that because what they're trying to do is cast a spell over America through the movie industry, through these other things. They are, they're a whore, and they've sold out, and all they are are one more tool of the Illuminati and the New World Order in order to brainwash us. So please don't think you're going to get on, on any of these major media outlets and really get the truth. You'll get some speckled truth in there. They'll scare you real good. They're never going to point you to Jesus Christ. And you'll get partial truth. There are things that, that you could possibly glean out of these things, but I don't advise you go up there and ever get a steady diet of any of this stuff, because you're just going to get deceived. Nightly news is one of the worst things I think you could possibly watch. All it does is make me angry. Watch this, particularly the 7 o'clock news. You know, all the drug commercials. So they're trying to just dope us up beyond anything that we could imagine, which is basically sorcery or pharmacia. Because that's where we derive the word from, pharmacy from, pharmaceuticals, is from the root word sorcery that occurs in the King James Bible. It's pharmakia. Mind-altering medications. Show me any place in the Bible where it says, you get deficient in medications. That's why we get sick. No, all those medications typically do is treat symptoms. They, they typically don't correct anything. Because the pharmaceutical companies, which are publicly traded companies, have no interest in and fixing anything in your body, what they want to do is perpetuate the symptom, so you have to keep taking more drugs to treat the symptom. They have no they have no interest in finding a cure to anything. There's cures to basically every single disease there is on the planet. But they're not going to let you know that, and they're going to try to suppress it as much as they possibly can. Because it cuts into their money. It's always about the money. Well, doesn't the Bible say the love of money is the root of all evil? Let's go to point six. Okay, so point number six. It says, it is not worthwhile to say anything about how long a time they will be kept waiting for the return of their liberties. This is from the, the Protocols of Learned Elders of Zion, Protocol 11, which is called the Totalitarian State. These these last three points I just read. So it is not worthwhile to say anything about how long a time they will be kept waiting for the return of their liberties. See, once they take away our liberties, it's not coming back. I am I am... Pretty sure that if they get to the point when they declare martial law, that's going to be the way it is. And you know what? When they declare martial law, Bush don't ever have to step down. Ever. He's president for life. No more elections, no more nothing. It's all gone. I guarantee you he'd love it. Did you completely understand the last sentence? It is, now this is going back to cutting edge, it is not worthwhile to say anything about how long a time they will be kept waiting for the return of their liberties. To see how important this false assurance is going to be to these clergymen in convincing people to cooperate with the federal government, let us return to the current news article. Civil rights advocates believe the amount of public cooperation during a time of unrest may ultimately depend on how long they expect a suspension of the rights might last. All clergymen who plan on cooperating with the federal government by holding up the false hope that when the crisis is over, the people will get their freedoms and their constitutions back had better think again. No hungry wolf ever spares the life of his victim once he has him in his jaws. These are some really good analogies today. Neither will the most powerful, power-hungry Illuminati ever give his victims another chance once he has disbanded the beloved American Constitution. I mean they're already basically bankrupt in the country. There's nothing back in the money, and there hasn't been essentially since really 1968 when they took us totally off the silver standard and 1933 when they took us off the gold standard. The money's not w- worth, the, worth the paper it's printed on. Hyperinflation has, has occurred as a result of all of this. Now we're getting we've got more foreclosures um, happening right now than I mean than we've ever known. People are... are you, there's going to probably be people on the streets like crazy pretty soon. Families. Okay? we And, and the very same people that created this crisis, they, they create it, they fund it, they have everything to do with it, and then when they pull the plug, they can determine when that plug is pulled. And they're typically going to hit you when you're most down and you're most vulnerable. And if everybody is in a state of, of abject... Tear, abject poverty, due to hyperinflation, due to maybe layoffs of jobs, due to all the foreclosures and things of this nature. Can you imagine if they hit us then with one of these, like terrorist nukes or something like that? What's going to happen then? I mean, you're going to already be in a weakened position, and they know that, and they're going to hit us when we're at our weakest, and we're getting there pretty quick now anyway. So if we go a little bit further. Lest you think I am wrong on this issue, listen to the current Illuminati boldly state this part of the plan. Now, this is from General Frank's... General, this is an article from uh, Newsmax, from eleven twenty one o three. General Franks doubts Constitution will survive weapons of mass destruction attack. General Tom, quote, General Tommy Franks says that if the United States is hit with a weapon of mass destruction that inflicts large casualties, the Constitution will likely be discarded in favor of a military form of government. If terrorists su- succeeded in using a weapon of mass destruction against the U.S. or one of our allies, it would have likely have catastrophic consequences of our cherished Republican form of government. End of quote. Oh, I, that's why they're trying so hard to secure the Mexican border. So, so hard, yeah. I mean, people that volunteer can do a much better job than the military's doing. It's such a joke in Mexico. President Vicente Fox just basically says, "Hey, listen, uh, if you guys want to come from Peru and Guatemala, yeah, you can come through Mexico. Just keep going to the north, because they know that once they get into America, you know, they can get up there and uh, get get their illegal alien status. And then once the, and once they declare, you know, the illegal aliens are grandfathered in, and they create the North American Union, they're all going to be legal anyway. In fact, the Mexicans believe that they they own this land anyway because when we came here." You know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, or whatever, through Christopher Columbus, you know, we took the Indians' land, we took their land, and this land right, rightfully belongs to them. We're the gringo that needs to get out. So they're bringing all their Catholic theology, they're bringing all their diseases, they're bringing all their immorality. The worst of the worst of the worst from all these countries are coming, because in my, in a lot of times in their own countries, they're fugitives. They're criminals, and they're coming up here, committing all these heinous crimes, they don't have any IDs, and the the border is like, you know, a porous sponge that just lets them come right across, essentially. But yet, we're so concerned about weapons of mass destruction, when we don't even do anything, show me any other planet on, on any other country on the earth that has a lax, that has as lax of a, of a border policy as we do. Do you think Germany... Tol- do you think Mexico was tolerated? Try, try, try to sneak into Mexico and do what all the illegal aliens are doing. You couldn't get away with it. But yeah, it's tolerated in this country. Like, it, but see, it's, it's all by design. Every bit of this is by design from our government to dilute, to destroy, to, to just destroy the middle class of this country and to essentially leaven us to the point where we're in this incredibly weakened position where we can't fight back. It's what they want. So going back to this article, at this point you must be asking yourself a pertinent question. Since Christians place much stock in the Bible, will these liberal clergymen be able to base their message of cooperation with the government upon any scripture? Let us return to our news story. For the clergy team, one of the biggest tools that they will have in helping calm the public down or to obey the law is the Bible itself. Specifically Romans 13, and we're going to look at that in detail in a little bit. Dr. Tuberville elaborated, because the government... Now, this is what this Dr. Tuberville says. He says, because the government's established by the Lord, you know, and that we believe in the Christian faith, and that's what's stated in Scripture. Oh, okay. All governments established by the Lord, right? Okay. I guess Hitler was... That government was... Oh, no, no, that was... Okay, what about Stalin or Pot? Those are governments. We're, trust me, we're, we're, we're there. We're pre-Nazi Germany right now as it is. Where do we where do we draw the line? That's what we're going to look at on this Romans 13. We're going to go over that in detail. Too many churches and pastors have been misleading the flocks on this issue for the past 100 years. Cutting Edge recently posted an article written by Pastor Chuck Baldwin on this very subject, which we're going to read now. Again, Chuck Baldwin has no will not even totally touch the 501c3 church issue, which you know, if he was really doing what he needs to be doing, he'd be touching that. But I do think he did a very good job of addressing this one particular issue. Um, But again, we're going to add in the other facet of it, which he does not get into. We encourage you to read this fully, um, and we are going to read this fully shortly. During the reign of Adolf Hitler, three prominent Protestant theologians were dramatically successful in convincing the German Protestants to cooperate with Hitler, Including the genocide of 18 million devalued people. Now, this book again is called Theologians Under Hitler. You can go up to cuttingedge.org, cuttingedge.org, and it's Theologians Under Hitler. And uh, they they did it. They did it during Hitler. These German Protestants, clergy. Uh, well, they they con- the, the clergy convinced the German Protestants to cooperate with Hitler, including the the genocide of 18 million. What they call devalued people. We're, we're not any better. We're not any better to in today's day and age. We, I think, we're we're. There's a certain s- part of us that are more highly educated on this issue, uh, primarily due to the advent of the internet. Now, I want to give God the credit. Okay, the internet's mostly used for evil. Okay, the vast majority of traffic that goes on in the internet is pornography. Okay, but there is a portion of the Internet that you can research and have access to things that you did not have, could not have really found 50 years ago without going to the four corners of the earth. So, if we go a little further, it says the Illuminati here in America is using the same tactic and will most assuredly get the same cooperative response from a Christian population not familiar enough with Romans 13 to know when they're being deceived. Because you've got to read Romans 13 closely. You have to be as a Berean who were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they sought the things out in Scripture daily to see if they were so. Christians don't do that anymore. They're just basically, and again, this is a great example, believe in what you're told, Romans 13, God do whatever the government says, no matter what. What if it contradicts the Bible? Which so much of the time in what we're talking about here, and more and more increasingly every day, it totally contradicts the Bible. When America has reached this unfortunate point, will these liberal clergymen also use the powers of their office to assist the government in the persecution of the true believers who are not willing to give the federal government carte blanche authority based on Romans 13? Well, they're just part of the problem. 501c3 church is just part of the government. It's a corporate entity established by the IRS. Why not? They're they're, they're part of that whole spiritual dynamic. And there is a spiritual dynamic that takes place when you incorporate... When you become one of these five hundred one C three entities, and that's what's never talked about in the pulpit. It, it's an unseen spiritual thing, and probably you know the only the only time we're ever going to be fully um, aware of the spiritual impact that this ha- that happens when you take the status is probably in heaven, because we right now the Bible says we see through a glass but darkly, but then face to face. So see, it's hard to I, I know it's happening though. Just look at the churches. Look at the fruit. The Bible says by their fruit you shall know them. So all you gotta do is really look at the church, modern day corporate church in America, see what direction they're going in, and it's a bad direction, to know that there's some really, really bad spiritual dynamic that's taking place in these very same churches. And it's not getting any better, it's getting worse. And unfortunately, it's only going to get worse. But isn't that what the Bible said was exactly going to happen? That there was going to be a falling away, that many would be deceived. That if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. That the church was going to be lukewarm, yet they're going to think they're in need of nothing. That evil men and seducers would wax worse and worse. That in the latter times, um, you know, you would give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy. Isn't that what the Bible said was going to happen? Didn't, the Bible, didn't God say in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 that God would send strong delusion That they would be, uh, that they would all believe a lie. That they would, that that they would believe a lie. That they might all be damned. That they who receive not the love of the truth. Notice the truth was the very thing. Was the very thing that concerned God the most. Are you receiving and embracing truth? I'm not telling you to follow me. Check what I'm saying out. Don't follow a man. Okay, follow the Word of God. And he will lead you... In, is, is, if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, isn't he capable of leading you in this... It, didn't Jesus say, after I leave I will send a comforter and he will guide you in these things? He will cause these things to be brought into remembrance? See, it's not about you. It's about what the Holy Spirit can do through you. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, I do believe that, 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 that we can call upon and ask for angelic help. Remember, two-third of the angels did not fall. Okay, so there's certain things I think we can ask for from heaven... Praying Psalm sixty four, praying Psalm ninety one, praying a lot of these imprecatory prayers that the Lord would overthrow the wicked people, praying that hopefully they would be saved. And that's that's you. You need to listen to my my uh, teaching on imprecatory prayers to understand that fully. So the uh, going back to this, I'm just going to read this last paragraph again. When America has reached this unfortunate point, will these liberal clergymen? also use the powers of their office to assist the government in the persecution of true believers who are not willing to give the federal government carte blanche authority based on Romans 13. Or who are not willing to compromise their beliefs, compromise, uh, to accommodate the new political religious paradigm. Will these liberal Christian leaders act like the liberal churchmen of Hitler's Germany in identifying unrepentant church members and turn they, what they would term as unrepentant, church members, and turn them to to over to the dictatorial authorities. Absolutely. They'll sell you out in a heartbeat. These men are motivated by the fear of men, by God, by, by, by wanting to be, pop, not, not the fear of God, but the fear of men. And when they're put in that position by Big Brother, they're either going to have to, you know, refuse to sell out, hopefully some will do that, but the vast majority of them are going to go right along with this. And their congregation is going to go along with it too. And they're going to be lining up to get that mark of the beast. They're going be think- to be thinking at that point. They're going to be so deluded and deceived that there's a lot of people that are going to do things that, that you're not even going to be able to believe. That at one time probably called themselves Christians. It's going to be a deception like the world has never known coming. And we're not even really talking about the deception part today. I mean, yes, this is a deceptive issue. But there's other deceptions that are going to be afoot that are going to make this, what we're talking about today, pale in comparison just as far as the deception that's coming. This article goes on to say, I personally believe that much of the reason genuine Christians will be turned into authorities is because church leaders submissive to the government will turn them in. Hitler was so successful in turning Germany from a uh, democracy to a kind of dictatorial power which could murder 18 18 million devalued people and begin a war which would consume the lives of tens of millions that current Illuminati leadership is the following example. If you are a genuine Christian pastor, are you prepared for officers of Homeland Security to enter your sanctuary, to sit down in your front row dressed in intimidating official clothing, and to listen to your sermons and your announcements. So that's to you, pastors out there, or to the people that are sitting in those pews. What do you think your pastor would do? Homeland Security comes in, they sit down in the front row, they're all dressed up in their official uh, clothing there, and they're there to listen to you and your announcements. Are you prepared to have them arrest you after the service for not adhering to official government guidelines? Well, you should... Let me tell you something. If you're a 501c3 church, you should be preaching a 501c3 approved sermon. You took that tax-exempt status. You entered into a covenant agreement with them, not with God, because God doesn't have nothing about part of that. The IRS and the government is your head. Oh, no, it's not. God is, no. You can't have it both ways. You You can't enter into a covenant into a contract with somebody, and take your corporate status through the Internal Revenue Service and the government. They have parameters on how you can preach. You're not supposed to be preaching against homosexuality. You're not supposed to be preaching on anything of a political nature. You did it. They're actually more in the right than you are. If you've taken that status, they're, even in God's eyes, they're less. They may have deceived you, but they're less to blame than you are. You're 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 more highly accountable in God's eyes. Well, they deceived me. Wasn't that what Eve said? And, and, and uh, you know, to God, the serpent deceived me? Did, did was the, Were the repercussions for that sin any less? Thrown out of the Garden of Eden? Sent entered into the world? We're in the shape we're in now because of that one thing. I got a few choice words for Eve and Adam when I get to... No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. If it was me, I probably would have done it sooner. Who knows? I'm not going to sit here and judge them. Anyway. So anyway, um this is something really to think about here. I, I thought this was very thought provoking. I mean a gay a gay person could come into your church and do the same thing right now. In fact, it's starting to happen all over. You you start to preach on something gay politically would be considered politically incorrect. Oh, it's a hate crime. We can take your 501 C three status. IRS is already starting to do it on some of these churches. It's just the beginning of the see Pastor Dixon wrote an article recently, and I I read this. uh, It's it's up archived on the sermons, or on the teachings. And it was called, Caesar calls in the chips. See, that's what's happening right now. The chips are starting to be called in. The the church, the modern day lukewarm church, has gotten in bed with the government and the Internal Revenue Service. And now it's time for them to pay the piper. For the government to call in these chips. How's it going to do that? Well, it's going to do it by... These churches who have taken a benefit from the government, who have incorporated their churches, they're going to have to now, okay, what's our end of the bargain? Well, we've, we've reaped the benefits for all these years from our tax-exempt statuses. People can come and can write it off on their taxes. We can get subsidies from the state and all these other things. We've reaped the benefit. And bless God, I've preached any way I've wanted to preach during all those years, and they've never said nothing to me. Who cares? Th- those days are coming to an end. You're going to have to make a decision. And they're going to call in the chips, and they are calling in the chips, and they're going to call upon you, Pastor, to be part of their clergy response team through Homeland Security to quell the dissent. You're going to have to make a decision. Now, these intimidation tactics worked extremely well during Hitler's reign and they will work once again all over the world. Pastors need to remember the era in which they are living and not succumb to the temporary political and religious pressure pressure from your luminous government, but keep their minds focused on the eternal. The following Bible passage is is simply pregnant with meaning for pastors and other church leaders of this present era. I, this is a good Bible verse that applies to everything that we just talked about today. Proverbs 25:26. Proverbs 25:26. A righteous man falling down before the wicked, is as a troubled fountain, and a corrupt spring. And that's what we have here. We're going to have a lot of, 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 maybe, seemingly righteous people, motivated through fear of man, motivated because they're in so deep, they can't get out. It's like the mafia, with these 501c3s. I mean, realize, to dissolve a 501c3 status, is, is, would be, you'd almost have to literally, shut down everything, Now, I know how it can be done. Dr. Dixon can show you with Barbara Cate. They could show you how it can be done, but it's not easy. Because they'll they'll slap it right back on you. You you, you would have to go to great lengths to do this. It's not easy. But whoever said this life was going to be easy? You know, the Bible says, All they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's what it says. The Bible also says, Jesus says, That pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this world. I think that's something we should be doing. And that was in regard to the end times. He said that. Are you are you praying to be accounted worthy? To escape all the things that are coming upon this world? I am. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like big, bold, I'm not afraid of any of this. Chop my head off, doesn't, you know. Listen, I think the Lord Jesus Christ can give, can give you that strength where you're not afraid to go through all that. But in the flesh, come on. I mean, that's not something anybody's going to look forward to. But it may come down to that. So that is, I think we're going to end our first part of our presentation there. Um, I'm going to try to break these sermons up. I've had some requests. I, I need to kind of get back to that. So I'm going to, I'm going to do uh, probably three parts on this today, and this is the end of part one. God bless you.